0: Hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. It's Tuesday as uh, we continue our journey through Scripture. It is so good to see you today. I hope that you had a a good weekend um, and enjoyed where we left off. We left off uh, in chapter 31 where uh, the finger of God has written all these beautiful words and, and instructions for the people so that they can have a wonderful relationship with God. And Moses is on the mountaintop having a wonderful mountaintop experience. Uh, But then the next week comes along. So we're going to get into chapters 32 and 33 today. Uh, So if you want to take a moment and read those, I encourage you to do that. My name is Philip Thomas. I'm pastor here at Journey in Elgin. And thank you for joining us through our Journey Through Scripture podcast. All right. so chapter 32. Again, one of the to me one of the cool things about reading through the Bible again is is we do see some some connections that sometimes we, we forget about uh, because we just kind of uh, many times we see the Bible as just a collection of stories, um, which th- there's some truth to that. Um, but especially here we actually see kind of a pattern and, and we kind of see the timeline of of how God is working with the people. So He's already shared with them so much of of how they are to live. The Ten Commandments, obviously, that's the framework. Then he started going in-depth on how they should uh, live with each other. He uh, he, uh, emphasized numerous times the importance of not having other gods beside him, of not creating idols. It's not that... we, we read this story, the golden calf, and it's, it's important to understand where that happens in this story uh, because there's some tough things that happen here that it's hard for us to understand, right? But, but the, the reason this is such a significant story is because the people have already been told numerous times I am the one true God, I am the God who led you out of Egypt. So by the way, they've seen Him part the Red Sea. They've seen Him do the miracles uh, in, through the plagues back in Egypt. They've seen all of this. They, he has asked them, will you follow this? They have all said, yes, we hear and we will obey. Right? So they have confirmed this with God. And so now Moses has gone up on the mount for 40 days and it's been written out for him. And now things start to change. Forty days apparently was one day too long because the people start to get antsy. And they come, uh, chapter 32, they they come and they (laughs) approach Aaron and says, come make us gods who will go before us. So 40 days, well, I guess that guy who parted the Red Sea He's out of the picture, right? And then I love this. It says, as for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, right? Like they're acknowledging what he has done, but they're like, oh, and this random guy Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. He's done. Time to move on. You know, I I talk a lot about, you know, that we live in a microwave society. Where we want things to happen now, right? And we expect results now. Um, that's nothing new, right? That is part of human nature. It's something we need to fight against. Not being able to be patient, not being able to see the big picture, leads to us doing stupid things, right? It is so easy. We so easily get caught up with living in the moment that we will make decisions and not take into account anything that's happened in the past. And we'll just like, oh, I feel this way now, so I'm just going to do this. And it it could be completely out of character, it could be completely wrong because we're choosing to just live in the moment and not take into account the big picture of things. We need to slow down. And it's not, this doesn't mean... That, it, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about that you should take days and days to make every decision or anything like that. We should start having perspective. This is possibly destroying our society <laughs> that we, because we have no perspective. Most decisions are made uh, for expediency and what gets us the result that we feel like we need in the moment. And this lead, leads to horrible decisions. I encourage you to think about that in your life. So that's kind of what's happening here. You've got the the people, they're like, oh my gosh, it's it's been a long time. We don't know. We're getting antsy. We need to figure out something to do. They go to Aaron. Aaron doesn't stand up for himself, doesn't stand up for God, doesn't stand up for Moses. He He just doesn't want to get overridden by the mob. There's another lesson there. It's pretty easy to give in to the mob. It's pretty easy just to the easiest thing to do is when the majority believe something, just believe it along with them. That's the human nature, that's the easy thing to do. And guess what? If Aaron would have stood up and pushed back, it may not have gone well for him. Right? So he may have been doing the easy thing. So he said, alright, let's, let's do it. Give me your gold, give me your earrings, all that stuff, so we'll make a, an idol. And so, so they make a calf. Uh, the the bull was a normal deity, if you will, that represented uh, it represented strength, virility, kingship. So hey, at least they were replacing God with another powerful god, right? So and there there is no excuse for this um, except we need to know that we would uh, we tend to do the same thing, right? But they also were just going with what they knew. And so it's not necessarily that they're completely replacing God. It's just that they see no evidence of God, so they're going to create evidence of Him. And that's what they know. They know a calf. They know different different other idols that they have have seen and maybe even used. And so it's like, well, we'll use this calf to represent this God. Uh, who has brought us out here. Um, it is, it, it, it's, it's understandable to a certain degree and it's something important for us. We need to understand the principle behind it because most of you are probably not going to start falling, falling away from God and then just randomly go create an idol that you start worshiping. But how many of us start to worship an ideology, start to, to worship a governmental system, you know that we start to worship fame. We start to worship uh, our bank account. Uh, we worship maybe our family, and we put those things above God. Well, that's that's a problem, right? And uh, that's that's what the people are doing here, and so they are completely rebelling against God. Um, and God is, let's say he's he's a little unhappy. <laughs> so this leads to a very theologically challenging uh, scripture. I just kind of take it, I, maybe I, I'm just a simple guy. So when God looks down and He has done so much for this pe- group of people, this people group has uh, committed to follow Him. They've heard of how they should not pay attention to idols, how they should do that. So they, within 40 days they basically throw all of that out. God says, you know what? I think I'm just going to start again. I I get that. <laughs> that that kind of makes sense. And so he's basically like, you know what? I'm done with them. Moses, let's go find you a wife. <laughs> right? Let's get started. Just like I did with Abraham, I can start with you. And you know what? I can do it. You know why? Because I am God. <laughs> and and you got kind of to get that sense. And we struggle with it. It's like, well, can God have those emotions? Sometimes that's where our theology goes and all this stuff. Listen, this is showing the gravity of this situation and the ridiculousness of this group of people. And, uh, and <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. And then I will make you into a great nation. Right? God is disgusted. With the people's behavior, and you know, however we want to deal with this, don't don't skip over that—that the behavior is disgusting to God. And uh, and it's interesting because Moses then kind of talks God off the ledge, (laughs) right? He says, "Wait now, wait! Remember your promises. What good would it do for you to have brought this people out of Egypt than to go and to destroy them yourself?" Right? So, so Moses is having this interaction uh, with God and it says, and then the Lord relented and He did not bring on the people the disaster that He had threatened. Right? So He didn't do it. Uh, he, he changed His mind, if you will. Um, and you know, we can, we can get into that. You can have all kinds of theological debates. Uh, the, the main thing is, I think we need to understand how serious this is, how God... Does view rebellion and sinfulness to him right? It is an affront, and especially if you have committed don't want to make you feel too bad, but when you've committed to live your life for God right and you've given your life to him and you've said yes i will I will follow, and then you start living a life completely contrary to that man that's a that's a problem right. And God is always inviting you back, yes, but man, we don't need to just skip over the fact that this is serious stuff to God. It makes a difference. He's calling us to live a different way and He wants us to to heed that calling. And so Moses, interestingly, he talks God off the ledge and, uh, and he's like, whew, hadn't seen that side of God before. <laughs> and starts he, he takes the tablets, he starts walking down, he runs into Joshua who was kind of halfway up the mountain and they go and they can hear the music and, and my picture of this is that Moses is going, on, going down and he hears that music and he, he's, he's kind of been the one that's in a good place, right? that God had all the anger and Moses was res- responding to God and now as Moses starts to see it, he, you know, right? he, he's just hearing what God has told him up on the mountain. Now he starts to hear the music, hear the celebration, hear, sees the calf, and Moses is furious, right? So <laughs> Moses now is the one, and he breaks the, these sacred tablets um, and just goes, goes after the people. And, and it, is, it is brutal, and, and we see a response to this that's hard for us to reconcile, hard for us to justify, um, in verse 25 uh, or 26 uh, it says Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so they had become a laughing stock to their enemies. Right? So there was no organization, they were just a, a, a hedonistic group. It says So he stood at the entrance to the camp and he said, whoever is for the Lord come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. All right, so he's Moses is trying to find out. Okay, are there any people who who still care about God at all? Who will rally behind the Lord? And then what happens is is brutal. They go through the camp and they kill a lot of people. Um, I I don't know how to completely reconcile that. Um, I don't I don't know honestly that that's not a command from God. That's a Moses did that. Um, now, God doesn't condemn Moses for doing it. Uh, God's going to. Uh, uh, well, I, I take that back. I'm sorry. I, it says that the, the Levites did as Moses commanded, but uh, Moses had been talking to the Lord. Um, uh, to me, it, it doesn't matter e- either one. This is a this is a rough punishment, <laughs> to say the least, right? And and God is God is fine with it, and I think again it shows the severity. This is not the norm, you know. You don't see people just being struck down dead because they're living outside of God's will. Um, so I, I don't. Th- you don't look at this and say, "Well, that's just the norm of how God uh, acts." Um, but He clearly um, commanded this to be done, and. And I—that's I, why it's important to know the whole context of what's going on here. Um, and and we believe, and I believe that we serve a God, a just God, but also a merciful God, and that this punishment was just for 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 this situation. And and I I I, I do believe that it that it was. Um, this would certainly get the attention of the people um, whenever they said. Yes, we will serve you, we will follow you. And they go back on that in the way that they did. There's consequences to that. Um, and so it continues on. Um, there's, uh, Moses goes back to the Lord and he said, Oh, what a great sin uh, these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold, but now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot me out and the, the book you have written. So Moses is now asking for forgiveness saying, okay, we need to make this relationship right, and, uh, and the, the Lord replies, uh, whoever has sinned against me uh, I will blot out of my book, now go and lead the people to the place I spoke of and my angel will go before you. Uh, however, when the time comes for me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. Right? It, it, we need to always wrestle with that. There are consequences and there are punishment for our sin and our rebellious uh, life. Um, And so there was a plague uh, that many people got sick uh, and and, uh, suffered because of what they had done. So then we go right into chapter 33 and the Lord is telling Moses, okay, it's time for you to to leave this place and to go to to the land that I have set out for you. Interestingly, in verse 3 it says, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. <laughs> right? Again, you you see this the, the, the severity of this situation. Um, and and it's it's very interesting and something we, we should wrestle with a little bit. And so God tells the people this, and they are distraught. Right? It shows that they that they do recognize, they are recognizing, they they are showing some repentance. They want God to go with them. right? So they made this impulsive decision, right? <laughs> this impulsive decision to uh, worship and build a golden calf and they basically had forgotten all that God had done for them. How He had brought them out of Egypt, made this stupid decision, now they're paying the consequences of it and then they hear that God's not going to be with them and they're like, what? No, we need the one who parted the Red Sea to come with us. How are we going to do this? Right? So the lesson is, one of the lessons here is be careful with the impulsive decisions. <laughs> right, They can lead to ugly things and they still have consequences. Right? And so the people, they desire for God to go with them. And so Moses implores of the, the Lord uh, to, uh, to to go with him, he talks with the God, and then the Lord replies, verse 14, "...my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. Those are some powerful thoughts to to remember and to know the importance of God's presence and of recognizing that God is present with us. And, and at this point today, thousands of years after this, the presence of God is here with you all the time through the Holy Spirit. Right? And the presence of God is powerful and it is real and you should never desire to go anywhere without the presence of the Lord. And a practical understanding of that is we should desire to go the places the Lord is calling us. We should take seriously the decisions that we make. The way that we live our life. That we are living our life the way that God has called us to. And that we know that His presence goes with us. I encourage you to think about that and think about this tough passage. There's some tough things here. But man, it's it's also wonderful to know that as we move forward, that God's presence is with us. And we should be like Moses. If you're not with us, God, if this isn't something that you desire, that's not where we're going to go. Alright, I hope you have a good, good uh, middle of the week, and we'll see you again on Thursday. And. Re-